0: Hi, and welcome to the Horizon Church podcast. Horizon Church is a Christ centered, word based, and spirit led church. We are so happy to bring this week's message to you, and on behalf of our pastors, Brad and Ali Bonholm, and the Horizon Church team, we pray it's a blessing to you. If you have your Bibles, please turn with me this morning to Luke's Gospel. We're going to have a look at chapter 13. Luke's Gospel, chapter 13. Who loves their Bible? Who's ready for a good parable? Luke chapter 13, Jesus is speaking, he says, he also spoke this parable, verse six. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard and he came seeking fruit on it and found none. Then he said to the keeper of his vineyard, look, for three years I have come seeking fruit on this fig tree and find none. Cut it down, why does it use up the ground? Verse eight, sir, the man replied, leave it alone for one more year and I'll dig around it, fertilise it, and if it bears fruit, well, but, I said that incorrectly, (laughs) and if it bears fruit, well, (laughs) but if not, after that, you can cut it down. I just want to read over you this morning as well, John chapter 1, verse 17, which says, For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth. Come on, everyone, say grace and truth. Grace and truth. Come on, a little bit louder. Grace and truth. One more time. Grace but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. If you're a note taker this morning, I'm going to preach a message. The title of this message is Truth, Grace, and a Barren Fig Tree. Truth, Grace, and a Barren Fig Tree. When my kids were smaller, I had this philosophy that if you can be an excellent gymnast, you will make an amazing athlete. Because I had one goal as a young father, and that is both my children would make it to the Olympics. And all the parents said, uh, there's a few around. (laughs) And so we started Tori when she was able to go to kids gymnastics. And so at kids gymnastics, one of the things that kids learn is how to walk across the high beam. The idea of the beam is that it would teach the child how to develop uh, balance, movement balance And in that ability to walk across something that's narrow, it forces the child to learn how to concentrate. It's amazing in life that as little children, one of the things we learn to develop is balance. We learn how to balance when you walk. And in this case, I remember watching Tori, how Tori would walk across the beam and periodically lose a bit of balance and kind of crash onto the mat and get back up again and keep going across the beam, eventually mastering balance. The older we get, of course, this idea of balance continues in our lives. We have to learn how to balance work and life. We have to learn how to balance our finances, income versus expenses. That funny thing that everyone's dealing with. (laughs) Uh, We learn physical balance, that is healthy diet and exercise and having the right balances in life. But when something in life is out of balance, how many of you know it has a negative impact on our lives? In the passage that we've read this morning, we're reading about a beautiful balance that exists in the heart of God. And it's this balance of grace and truth. Grace and truth. And we see in this parable, Jesus speaking to us and revealing to us his heart and his passion for both grace and truth. In all of our lives, we balance grace and truth. For example, if you're a parent, you balance grace and truth with your children. Usually, uh, husband and wife, usually one parent is more the truth parent. <laughs> the other one's more the grace parent. And we're dealing with this, i just let them stay up for a little bit longer, oh, what's the chocolate at eight o'clock at night? That's perfectly okay. <laughs> then you get the truth parent who's like, no, because that child's going to wake up at 1am and I have to deal with it. <laughs> Balancing grace and truth. Allison's definitely much more gracious than what I am. I think in my parenting, I've probably been more the truth parent. <laughs> and all the truth parents said, amen. I feel your pain. You had to be the disciplinarian. <laughs> With Wade, in his basketball, it's interesting to watch as he's had different coaches over the years, how you see this in coaching styles. You get some coaches who just want to tell the truth, tell it as it is. But then you get those coaches who are a bit more gracious and want to provide a bit more encouragement and understanding and sensitivity. If you're a company boss today, if you of your own business or serving a team management role, an executive role of some sort, you're balancing on a weekly basis this idea of grace, being understanding, being sensitive, but at the same time you've got to balance it with truth. You've got to balance it with boundaries that are right. As I think about my parenting over the years, there's definitely times when truth could have been flavoured with a bit more kindness, amen? Amen. But there's also times when kindness could have been flavoured with a little bit more truth, and I could have got the balance right. In Jesus, however, grace and truth is actually brought into perfect harmony, he embodies and perfectly balances both grace and truth in His very being. John chapter 1, verse 14 says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Now, The interesting thing to note is that Jesus is not 50% grace and 50% truth. He is 100% grace and He is also 100% truth. I do need to say that these two attributes of the heart of God are also not in competition with one another. So we can say that Jesus is all grace, and all truth, all of the time. The parable then is of a vineyard owner. The vineyard owner has planted a tree, a fig tree in his own vineyard. We see that in Luke chapter 13, verse six, it says a man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard. The Bible tells us that He's planted this fig tree because he is expecting fruit. And the Scripture tells us he comes back to this fig tree on three occasions. And each time he comes back, there is no fruit. He says to the keeper of the vineyard, cut it down. It's just taking up space. We don't need it. And the keeper of the vineyard pleads with the owner of the vineyard and says, just give it one more year, let me fertilise it or let me uh, dig around the soil, let me fertilise it and if you come back again in a year from now and there is no fruit, then of course we will cut it down. I want you to notice first and foremost this morning as we wrestle with this idea of grace and truth and seeing the heart of God in it, Luke chapter 13, verse six tells us that this man planted this fig tree in his vineyard. I want you to notice the location. The fig tree was not growing wild among the rocks, fending for itself on the roadside, exposed to the elements. This fig tree was planted where? Within his vineyard. Right, yeah. That is, it was given protection, protection, excuse me. It was watered, it was cherished, it was nurtured in the soil of God's love. And it had a skillful carer who had the knowledge and the capability to care for this fig tree. When we become believers and we give our lives to Jesus Christ, God plants us in his vineyard. He is a skillful carer who has the knowledge and the capability to nurture, protect us, encourage us as we grow in the soil of God's love and we are given every opportunity as believers to produce fruit. Psalm 91, verse 1 says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Psalm 92 verse 13 says, Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing. The fig tree was given every opportunity to grow and to eventually bear fruit because Jesus Himself said, this is how my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit. But we see a very challenging scenario, even though this fig tree was given every opportunity for growth, for development, nurture care, to eventually get to a place where it would bear fruit, we see a fig tree that for whatever reason has not responded to the nurture and to the care that it has been given. Are you with me this morning? Luke chapter 13, verse six again, it says a certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard. It's God's care of us. He carefully places us. And he came seeking fruit on it and watch this, and found none. Yeah. Now watch his response. Because there was no fruit, in verse seven it says, then he said to the keeper of his vineyard, look, for three years I have come seeking fruit on this fig tree and find none, cut it down. Why does it use up the ground? Now the owner has given this fig tree every possible opportunity, come on now, every single opportunity for growth. Yet, he is now grieved by its lack of productivity. And the owner now says, it must be cut down. Now, we see in this though, um, there's a bit of a sneak preview into God's justice. And the reason why we see a sneak preview into God's justice is because God is just by giving every single fig tree under nurture, care and attention to produce fruit. And we also see that by the fact that the landowner did not come on one occasion and declare that this thing should be cut down. The Bible says that he came back for Three years. And each year, it did not produce fruit. In fact, it was more than three years. And the reason why it's actually more than three years is because in Leviticus chapter 19, verse 23, it actually gives us a clue as to how the children of Israel were to deal with fruit trees. Watch this. When you enter the land and plant any kind of fruit tree, Regard its fruit as forbidden. For three years, you are to consider it forbidden. It must not be eaten. In the fourth year, all of its fruit will be holy, an offering of praise to the Lord. But in the fifth year, you may eat of its fruit. In this way you will harvest, your harvest will be increased. I am the Lord your God. This man was only allowed to touch the fruit in the fifth year. And the Bible says that he came back for three years. Five, six, seven. So in the heart of God, He is a just God. He demands with fairness and equity that every single believer produces fruit. But you cannot expect a year one believer to produce the fruit that a year seven believer does. God is fair and He is just. Now, we see that space was also created and set apart for this fig tree. But yet, even though it had been given space, even though it had been planted in a life group, even though it belonged to a great church, even though it was surrounded by nurture, care and the skillful hands of a vine dresser, it still did not produce fruit. And the owner says, cut it down. And we see God's graciousness and patience speaking to believers saying, it should not be presumed upon. Now, watch why the owner of the vineyard wants this tree cut down. Watch what Luke chapter 13 verse six says again. Are you doing okay? He says, look, for three years I've come seeking fruit on this fig tree. Find none, cut it down. Watch this, why does it use up, come on, why does it use up the ground? It did not say, why does it take up space? Come on church, it says, why does it use up the ground? Well, let me explain it like this. Let's go back to Year 9, Social Studies, Year 10, Geography. We know that the cycle of water, of course, is uh, sun heats the water, you have evaporation. Uh, Water rises up in particles, eventually you have condensation, where the water particles join uh, with each other. It becomes too heavy, and eventually those water particles come down. Precipitation we know as rain. Eventually that meets the earth, goes into the rivers, eventually goes back into the ocean at some point. And so the cycle continues and has continued set by God, watch this, for hundreds of years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now stay with me now. The same principle applies, excuse me, to the planting of the tree. The tree, the plant utilises the nutrients and the minerals that are in the soil. Eventually, as that plant, as that tree grows, there comes a time when the leaves fall. The organic matter, the leaves, eventually decompose, then providing nutrients and minerals back into the soil. And so there is a cycle that God has put in play to give that tree every single opportunity for success and to bear fruit, set apart by God. Now watch this. This tree was in the cycle set by God. In fact, it was more than just in the cycle. It actually had a vineyard carer. It had someone nurturing. It wasn't on the side of the road fending for itself in nature's cycle. It actually had... Someone nurturing, caring, looking after it, yet it's still, come on church, it still did not bear fruit. Come on, Brad. <laughs> so we see that between the plants, the sun, water, there is what's taking place called a collaborative effort. Amen. Amen. Come on, let him who has ears to hear. Here, yeah. the fig tree yep. is a person that has chosen to go against yep. the cycle of God. Yeah, right, right. Amen. Yeah. And they want, because watch this, the owner, remember he said, why does it take up the ground? Didn't say, why is it taking up so? That is, why is it drawing from the nutrients of the church? Why is it drawing from the nutrients of the Word of God? Why is it drawing from fellowship and forgiveness and worship and encouragement and nurture and care, placement and communion? Yet it chooses to bear no no fruit. It's heavy, man. (laughs) You know somebody like this. I know somebody like this. They want the nutrients. They want what the soil has to offer. But they choose not to bear fruit. And Jesus said, if you wanna glorify me, this is how my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit. They want grandma and grandpa's prayers. They want the nutrients from the soil. They want to know that through grandma and grandpa's prayers or mum and dad's prayers, that they're protected. They know that if they find themselves in a tough spot in life, they can call upon the Lord. They draw, they extract from the nutrients of the soil, but yet... They bear no fruit. Amen. Let me not say amen because, you know, I make people upset. (laughs) So truth then makes a decision because we see Pastor Jesus and we see Leader Jesus. Leader Jesus demands fruit. But Pastor Jesus comes. Who thinks they have a nice pastor? Not as me as the one that, you know, in your department. They're very nice pastors. Pastor Jesus comes and He says, leave it just for one more year. Remembering, Leader Jesus was just. Leader Jesus came back for three years. Wasn't in year one. He could have cut it down in year one if he wanted to. But he came back year one, came back year two. He's a just God. Now, Pastor Jesus, (laughs) he steps in. Luke chapter 13, verse eight. Sir, the man replied. Remember the parables are revealing to us the operations of the kingdom of God. It's revealing to us the heart of God. you know how God thinks, you read the parables. Sir, the man replied, Luke chapter 13, verse eight, leave it alone for one more year and I'll dig around it and fertilise it and if it bears fruit, well, but if not, after that, you can cut it down. We see God's patience allowance for people by granting extended time. And he extends the period of grace. And the man, the carer of the vineyard, he says, I don't believe that the right way to solve this problem is through amputation. (laughs) (laughs) He said, I believe that we can solve this problem by just giving it, come on church, one more year. Mercy triumphs over judgment. God chooses, even though He could have acted in judgment, come on church, come on, you're getting the word today. Even though He could have cut it down, He chose mercy and grace. He chose kindness. He chose compassion and He chose forgiveness. Just leave it for one more year. So the vine dresser, he comes up with a plan. He says there's, there's two action points. So the first thing I'll do is I'll dig around it, which would then allow the water to, to permeate, to get down to the roots. Second thing is He says, I will fertilise. Let's start with the first one. God is so kind, Jesus is so gracious that even though the fig tree does not bear fruit, He creates space for the water, the life, the Holy Spirit to touch a person's life, to touch the life of a believer. where the presence of God comes and the richness of the water of life, God's wonderful Holy Spirit comes and impacts the life of a believer. He then says, can we fertilise it? Any gardening people in the house this morning? By the way, I'm hopeless at gardening. I'm good at pulling out weeds though. says fertiliser. Jesus then goes one step further because watch this, the tree has an inability to produce fertiliser. So Jesus says, let me get something that is external to what the tree cannot produce itself, fertiliser. God, watch this, brings about fertiliser in our lives. He brings the right people, He brings the right right time, right place. Come on, God is good. And He fertilises our life with the right people. We love you. We are for you. God has a plan for your life. You're amazing. He can forgive you. You made a mistake. That's okay. Though a righteous man falls seven times, yet will He, and He fertilises our life. This is the gift of grace, where there should have been judgment, where the tree should have been cut down, because he's just, he's fair, but he chooses mercy. Come on, church, and he chooses grace. Lamentations chapter 3, verse 22 says, Through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed. Someone say, Amen. (laughs) That should make you happy right there. Because his compassions fail not. Forever thy word is settled in heaven. The scripture goes on to say, verse 23 they are new every morning. God is so merciful, so gracious, so kind just leave it for one more year the yeah. scripture goes on to say great is your faithfulness so we see justice we see truth but we see the grace and the mercy and the kindness and the compassion of god just leave it for One more year, this type of mercy is the mercy that goes the second mile. And watch this, it replaces judgment with restoration. God is willing to begin anew with those who are willing to repent. It is always Jesus's way to give us a chance and a another chance and a Another chance, He is full of grace and truth. God is infinitely kind to those who fall and rise again. Micah chapter 7, verse 18. Where is another God like you, who pardons the guilt of the remnant, overlooking the sins of His special people? You will not stay angry with your people forever because you delight in showing unfailing love. The, watch this, infertile tree, the irritated owner and the intervening vine dresser. He's intervened on our behalf. Just give it one more year. Are you thankful for God's grace? Come on, are you thankful for God's amazing grace? God's amazing grace. Thanks for listening to this week's message. For more info about Horizon Church, please visit our website at hz.church. Have a fantastic day and we hope to see you again soon.